Welcome to the Faithful 31 Moms podcast. I'm your host, Mallory Allen. Whether you find yourself in the joys or the messes of mom life, we want to encourage you to remain faithful as you join us every Wednesday in creating a community of real moms, real stories, and real truth based on the Word of God. Welcome to the Faithful 31 Moms podcast. I'm your host, Mallory Allen, and today I have two very special guests with me. Welcome, Denise Bell and Mary Ellen Allen. Thank you. Good morning. Thanks for coming today. And no, before any of you think that me and Mary Ellen are related, we are not. We've been asked that many times, and we just say we might as well be. But we both have the same last name. So when I was thinking about who I wanted to interview for this month, because it's a special month. It's May. We're celebrating Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all of you moms out there. These two women have had a huge impact on my life. When I was thinking about who I wanted to interview for this month celebrating Mother's Day, they both came to my mind. They were there when I first got married and then when I first had Jake, my first child, and I watched them raise their teenage boys together as we served in youth ministry together. We went on many, many trips together, youth camps, disciple nows, all of that stuff. And I'll tell you something funny. I would get up early just to try to catch these ladies have a bad hair day, and I never could. I I would get up just to try to see them without makeup or without their hair perfect, and I I couldn't do it. They saw me have many bad hair days, but I have yet to see them have one. So I know all of you realize that last month we did a Godly Girls podcast, and so this month I wanted to do one on raising boys to be godly men. I'm a boy mom myself, so these two came to mind because they are boy moms as well. So without further ado, let's hear a little bit more about their boys and their families and them. So Mary Ellen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, I'm so glad to be here. Um, I am Mary Ellen Allen. I'm married to Daryl Allen. Uh, He's been in the military Uh, retired and now has his own lawn business and we have two boys uh, Grant Allen is a youth pastor at Long Hollow and he has his wife Corinne and then we have Taylor that is an EMT firefighter and so um, we are empty nesters at this point so it's good (laughs) all right Denise what about you my name is Denise Bell. I am married to Will Bell. Uh, my husband, Will, also has a background uh, in the military, in the Army. Uh, that was before I knew him. We met um, after the military. He um, went to law school, and we met after he completed law school. And um, we were married for six years before we had children. And we had our first child, who is now uh, 29. Uh, He is now married, and I have a wonderful daughter in love, Kendall. (laughs) And he is an accountant. Uh, My second son, uh, Bailey, he is also married. And I have uh, a wonderful second daughter-in-law, Anna. Bailey is uh, works at Union University as a recruiter, and he and Anna are both co- cross-country coaches at Union University. Um, my third son, Parker, um, is also married to Lacey, my third da- uh, daughter-in-love, and um, Lacey works for Dave Ramsey, and Parker is also an accountant in Nashville, Tennessee. 
And then my fourth and fifth son, Palmer and Hayes, will both be graduating this year from Union University. Palmer is an, a majoring in electrical engineering, and Hayes uh, will also be an accountant. So um, we also have five pets, which is a big influence on our life. And so um, my degree is in music and uh, education, and I teach in the EDGE program, the special needs department at Union University. Awesome. So they both are boy moms. Denise has five, if you heard her description. So she is a rock star boy Mm -hmm. mom. Me and Mary Ellen only have two. That's right. That's been plenty of work thus far. So just for our fun questions today, normally I do five, but given that we have two special guests today, I thought I would just keep it brief and do one and let them both answer. Since I referenced their awesome hair earlier, I thought, why not ask them a fun question about hair today? Mary Ellen actually does hair. She um, cuts my hair, does a great job. I want them to give us their best hair tip or their favorite line of hair products or just something that they do in their daily routine with their own hair. Okay, for mine, uh, you know, I have this image to uphold, so that's why Mallory never caught my hair looking bad. You can't be a hairdresser and have bad hair. So anyway, my uh, wonder one, number one is Kenra Volume Boost Spray. Uh, I was blessed with great thick hair, but if you were not, this spray makes your hair look wonderful. So there it is. All right. All right, I also have thick hair, and... Um, Mary Ellen's is curly. Mine's not quite so curly. Mine's pretty coarse, but luckily I don't have to wash mine uh, too often. But um, my hairspray is a um, is one of my favorite products. Mary Ellen, you're going to have to remind me of the... A quage. A quage is mine, and that's the one that you can brush out. Yes. I love that hairspray because every night you just brush it out, and then you start all over again. But I also love Moroccan oil mm-hmm. because my hair is dry. So do I. Yeah. And yeah. so that's that's one of my favorite products. I agree with that. I have, especially when I do a curly hair day, mm-hmm. that helps with frizz. All right. So there you have it. Those are our, our fun hair tips for the day. And now moving on from the girly stuff to raising boys. Today, we're going to focus on raising our boys from birth to 12 years old. And then if you'll join us back next week, we're going to talk about the teen years and into the adult years when they get married and you get your daughter in loves, as Denise referenced them, I like that. But today we're going to be focusing on birth through middle school age. So as we get started, I know, Denise, you were going to take it away with our um, scheduling and color coding and keeping life straight, especially with you having five boys. Well, let me tell you, we it was six years before we had children because um, we were an infertility couple to begin with. Uh, we went through a couple of years of infertility, but we also went through um, miscarriages, a season of miscarriages also. And that shapes how you parent, uh, believe me. Uh, because when you think you never will have children, you're open uh, to all kinds of ideas. Uh, if you'll adopt, uh, uh, will we have children? But God answered our prayer, 
and we did have children of our own. Uh, in fact, we had five children in a little, about seven and a half years. <laughs> so once they started, they did start. Yes. <laughs> and so um, one thing that was very important in our life was a series, Growing Kids God's Way, by Gary Ezzo. And let me say that if you have not um, studied the series or seen this series, I would recommend it to everybody. It is about a 12-week series that starts with birth and goes all the way through to the teen years. And it is something that was like our our handbook in raising our children. One of the most important things it taught us was how to schedule our life. Uh, having a background in education, I like to I like to know what is next or what do you do because children do not come with uh, instructions when they're born, (laughs) unfortunately. So I had taken this class, my husband and I, we took it together because team parenting is such a vital uh, point that you need to be on together with you and your husband in raising children. One of the things I'll talk about first, and then I'm going to let Mary Ellen um, jump in. I found that as my children became older and they started um, into events like t-ball and things like that, my schedule started ruling our life. And it it was in such a way that I felt like there just wasn't family time anymore for us to be together. It wasn't time even hardly for us to acknowledge that we had God in our life anymore because we were ruled by things, places we had to go and things we had to do. And you just feel so frustrated. And I began to pray, Lord, help me figure out a way that that you will take control of my schedule. And I prayed and prayed. And it just so happened that we changed... um, schools at that point are methods of education where my children then became um, involved in a type education where they finished about 1230 and we were able to have lunch around the table every day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. And then they got their homework every afternoon uh, for a couple of hours. And then we were able to go to sports practices and things like that. Mary Ellen, did it, did Anything like that work for y'all? How did y'all handle yeah, the scheduling part? Um, my life was a little bit different with uh, Daryl being away. He lived in uh, Knoxville for uh, three years and came home on the weekends. So we asked our boys to play one sport each. And so uh, Taylor will tell you now at 22 that uh, we always made him play on Grant's team with boys that were two years older than him. But, hey, it made him a better at all the sports, so it's it's all good. Uh, He's not in therapy over it, so it'll be fine. But, uh, yeah, that worked for us for just saying one sport, one child, one sport. Uh, It can just get overwhelming sometimes. So, yeah. You have to find ways that makes it work for your family. And and it's by trial and and effort sometimes to find things that work for your family. And uh, another thing I'd want to say, just iterate, uh, you are the parent. Your child is not the parent. They don't get to make all the decisions. They're going to say, I want to do things, but it's your responsibility as the parent to say, hey, we don't really need to do that right now. We need to do this. And so don't be fearful to stand stand that ground. You know, another thing, as my children got older, 
and there is travel ball plays into it. I had one son that was really good in baseball, and we found a way that my son could play travel ball because we're from Jackson, Tennessee, and there's a, a sportsplex there that my son could play travel ball because all the teams came to Jackson to play ball. I mean, God was so good in answering my scheduling issues. And so the teams came to Jackson to play, so the coach knew that um, how my stance on we had to go to church on Sunday mornings. And so Parker <laughs> Parker and Will might go to the 8 a.m. service, and then they would go out to the sportsplex for the rest of the day. And, you know, the rest of the boys and I would go on to church and maybe catch a later game that afternoon. But uh, you just have to find a way uh, to make it work. But if you can't find a way, you know, seek the Lord first. Ask his help on directing your path. And I had a friend tell me, every day pray that the Lord directs your schedule, whether it be with your children or whether it be with things that you do in your life, because there are so many good things in life, so many good things, but don't let it rule your family life and your your life with um, your spiritual life. And they're only little ones. Right. You can't do everything. Can't I know get it that back. I have moms, Jake's friends and people that they are just running all over the place, you know, to play multiple sports. They have multiple children. And I'll say this, if you want to have a big family like Denise, there's going to have to be even more sacrifices mm-hmm. made because you can't do everything for five kids. I have trouble doing it with two. So, you know, that's just something to think about. I love that. I love the focus on your priorities, your schedule, you know, sitting down to have a family meal, the impact that that can make over adding another activity to the pile. Mm -hmm. So those are just ways to kind of encourage you and challenge you and honestly relieve you of some of the pressure that you might feel to sign them up for everything. Are they going to get behind? They're not going to get to play college ball if they don't start now. And none of that is true. Um, make Make your focus on your family and on time together and on the Lord. So that's all great advice. Um, and, and even leading into that, make time for the Bible, like make time for praying with your kids. I think a lot of times between bath time, when am I going to feed them for dinner time and practice and school? I mean, Jake, he gets out at three 30. We don't have the luxury of doing the get out at noon thing. I know some of you homeschool or you have virtual school right now and all those different things with the pandemic that it's brought that are weird for our schedules. But wherever you're at, make sure that you're working in time with the Lord and a focus on that for your kids. Um, Mary Ellen, what did y'all do with yours when it came to Bible time, prayer time, that kind of stuff? Um, We would always pray at night before we went to bed. Uh, And then if you didn't do it, I mean, they would be hollering and say, Mother, you didn't pray for a hedge of protection. And then Sometimes when Daryl would go in and say the prayer, they'd say, Dad didn't say it right. He didn't say a hedge of protection. I thought, well, bless his heart. You know, he missed one <laughs> word. But they got so used to us praying over them at night. Uh, and then Grant would start to have nightmares. And so we prayed over that, and we prayed in his room. And so, yeah, that was that was the biggest thing. And then for me to have quiet time, I don't know where Denise found quiet time with five, but it was struggle for me with just two. I did it in carpool. When I'd pull up, I'd get there a little bit early, and I would have my quiet time during carpool just to pray for 
our marriage and our kids. So that's what worked for me. Okay, uh, I want to talk about just um, how uh, you feel inadequate sometimes as parents. Is Are you doing the right thing? Are you spending enough time teaching them the Bible? And Grant uh, became a Christian at eight years old. And uh, I should have known then that God was up to something because he just we I would take him to Walmart and when he got saved he wanted everybody saved and he was like mom do you think that lady right there is saved does she know Christ we gotta tell her and I'd be just I'm just embarrassed to say it I'd just say let's just pray for her and he'd be like mom do you want that lady go to hell I mean we gotta tell her about Jesus and so he just had this yearning in his heart and so he and his brother spent a lot of time in the bathtub because that's the only way I could get anything done at night with my husband (laughs) gone and so I remember him telling Taylor that he needed to get saved and Taylor was six and We'd been talking to him about it, and he said, well, Mom and Dad said I need to wait till God tells me to do it. And I thought, well, what is Grant going to say? And I said, then Grant said, well, you know it's tornado season. You need to get saved. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, well, what's he going to say then? And he said, well, I'm not going to do it right now, so stop asking me. So (laughs) that was a a cute story. And Grant went on to be a pastor, so we should have known God was up to something then. (laughs) <laughs> that cracks me up. We're in West Tennessee, so we we have a we lot have a of lot tornadoes. of tornadoes. <clears throat> All right, and so with that, boys can be so funny. I just they crack me up so many times. My kids do, and when they're taking baths together at night and all that, it's funny to see the birth order and mm-hmm. how that plays out. And also taking that a step further, each of your boys will likely have a different love language and the way that they need to be loved. Their personalities are different. The way that they need to be loved is different. But I know one thing is true. However they need to be loved, they need a lot of affirmation. And and so do your husbands, really. Right? How can y'all touch on that? <clears throat> Just encourage moms out there. You're a full-time cheerleader. That's all I can tell you. If you've got an all-male home, you will wear a pair of pom-poms out. You're just constantly encouraging and loving and um, just kind of meeting their needs. And I know it feels like as a mom, we're just juggling all this to go on, but um, you will you will see a little jealousy in your husbands when you have boys. My mom told me that uh, when I had Grant, I didn't believe it until I saw it. And Grant, And my husband would even just say, no, I don't do that, but he does. And so you have to juggle that of meeting his needs and meeting your kids' needs and not being that child-centered parenting. One important book um, in my life were The Five Love Languages by Gary Smalley. And if you can identify your children and your husband's love language, it will make issues a lot easier because I have one child, my second child, whose love language is physical touch. Mm And if he did not get enough of my hugs and kisses, he would be needy and he would act up. And so we would have to spend some time on the sofa um, hugging and just spending some time maybe reading a book and me holding him. And after that, that filled his love tank. And things were great uh, for my husband it is acts of service. So I would need to do some special acts of service that touched his heart. And then he would have more patience with me spending extra time mm-hmm. being a mother to the boys. Right. And so if you need a great reference, look for Gary Smalley's uh, 
Five Love Languages. Another one I want to recommend is a book by Kevin Lehman named Birth Order. And this book was is also amazing because th- according to the order of birth of your children, it gives characteristics that they have. For instance, the the birth order of your first child, that child is probably a very organized child. Uh, he has a lot of leadership qualities, likes his ducks in a row, doesn't like those ducks to be messed up, mm. possibly by another child in the family. <laughs> uh, your second child may be very outgoing, very social-oriented, that social butterfly. Uh, my third child is very easygoing, uh, and it, but it also depends on not only the order of birth, but the number of years between that birth order. For instance, if you have a child that is your first and your second child may be born five years or more between the first and second child, you may have two first-year birth order children. That first uh, child and that second year, uh, that second child may have those tendencies of a firstborn. They may also be first, they very organized and very uh, structured in their lifestyle. So um, it gives you, you'll be reading this book and you'll say, ah, that's why my husband is the way he is, mm-hmm. or that's why my fifth son is the way he is. He's the clown, he's the entertainer, he's the baby of the family. Everybody laughs at him. Everybody loves on him. So I would encourage you to try that book also, Birth Order by Kevin Lehman and Love the Languages by Gary Smalley. Those are both great references. I want to check out that Birth Order book. I I have the Love Languages, and they actually have one now for children, Love Languages for children, too. So you could pick up either one. But me and Mary Ellen, we laugh all the time because we can definitely identify with not only the birth order, but my son Jake is like a carbon copy of Grant. Yes. And then my son James, who's four, is like a carbon copy of Taylor. So we laugh all the time because I'm like, okay, so what did you do in this scenario? Because rewind it like 20 years and your kids are probably doing the exact same thing that mine are. So it makes us laugh all the time. But that just shows you that there is some truth to that birth order and the love languages and just the fact that your boys are going to need that extra affection from you. But make sure that you're not forgetting about your husband. That's right. Moving on into another subject. I think is really important is a lot of you will probably identify with this with your husbands, but boys, they like you to shoot them straight, get to the point, sometimes cut some of the detail. And with your kids, I think a lot of times we forget that they are capable of learning things that you might think that you have to baby talk or you have to water things down or that you can't communicate with them clearly. But you can actually tell your kids a lot of things that you might think might be over their head. But with with boys especially, you are challenging them to become men and leaders. And so an example of this that I have is Jake in kindergarten last year. He had this boy in his class that was picking on him and bullying him a little bit. And he came home upset about it. And I said, 
okay, you know, tell me a little bit about this this boy. Tell me a little bit about what's going on. Where is this happening? And it was usually happening out on the playground. And this kid, usually it's, I told him, it's out of insecurities that people will, will bully you and will make you feel less than. And so tell me a little bit about him. And he did. And I said, okay. And I said, well, this is what you need to do. First of all, you need to stand up for yourself. That's not with violence, but just with words. And I said, you need to tell him that you are going to play. You are going to play freeze tag or climb on the monkey bars or whatever it is that he's decided that he's going to tell you that you can't do. Or this year in first grade, he had a kid tell him that he couldn't play flag football one day because he just didn't want him to. And I said, you can stand up for yourself because a lot of times those kids are they're insecure about themselves. And so they don't know any better because they haven't been taught better and they are just modeling what they have been shown. And so you might think, well, that's a little bit over my kid's head, but it's not. They actually understand that if you put it in an example with something that they're going through like this specifically. And so he did stand up to this kid and he said, no, I'm going to play today. Everybody can play. And so I'm going to, I'm going to play. And I know that took a lot for Jake to do because he's a people pleaser, Mm -hmm. but he did it. And then he had to do it one more time. And after that, that kid never messed with him again, because I was very clear about how he needed to stand up to him, some things that he needed to say and why that kid probably was the way that he was. And after that, I encouraged him to then stand up for other people that might not know how to stand up for themselves. And he did. He would come home and he'd tell me this this little boy was picking on so and so today. And so I told him, no, we're going to let him play because everybody can. And so that's just a little bit of a challenge for you with boys is the more that you are clear in your communication with them, that you explain things to them that you might think might be over their heads. But they can understand it. Even now, Jake is a believer. Right. And in his classroom, within the first week of first grade this year, he came home and said, okay, I know so-and-so goes to church, so-and-so doesn't, you know, so-and-so knows Jesus, so-and-so doesn't. And it, it was funny. We laughed at it. But he is capable of understanding, like, a relationship with the Lord versus not having one or a family that goes to church or that doesn't go to church or when someone needs help or like to be stood up for. And so those are just important things. Your boys need to learn how to lead early. And the only way that they're going to do that is if you're clear in how you talk to them and how you challenge them to do that. So another way that we know that's a very practical way that you can help set up your boys to be leaders Denise, you were going to talk about that. Uh, one of the things I really wanting uh, people to consider with with boys is consider starting them one year late in school. Um, I taught school; my degree is in early childhood, and so I've seen this firsthand. Boys come in uh, to the classroom the same birthday that girls have, and they just seem just behind the girls. The girls come in, and they kind of take over the classroom, and they have the leadership roles, but the boys just kind of lag behind. And so I made the decision early on, before I had children, that I was going to hold my boys back. I wanted those boys 
to knew the boys had the responsibility of when they became men that they were going to be the financial leaders of the home. I wanted them to be the spiritual leaders of the home. They had heavy decisions to make all through life. So I wanted them to have that extra year to build that self-confidence and to be able to guide their family and their wife um, in important decisions and have that self-confidence. So I made that decision early on, and I have not regretted it at all. And Mary Ellen, you did that as well. I did. Um, we had a preschool teacher, Audra Teague. Um, she was a kindergarten teacher also, and she said, I've never seen one parent uh, say they wish they had not held them back. She said, but I've seen a 100 say they wish they had. So I held both him and Taylor back. I did the same thing with Jake and plan on doing that with James as well. They're both summer birthdays, so right. they're already at a disadvantage. Right. And we all three served in middle school together and have laughed about this. But, you know, the boys are all shorter. They're all more immature and all those things. So anything that you can do to yeah, give your son them. a little extra help in um, having that extra year of maturity and making better decisions and being older than the girls when they're ready to date and all the following, I think is never a bad idea. Gives them a little bit of an edge of being a leader. And that's what you want. Another way that you can show your son how to be a leader as he's growing in maturity, he's watching you and he's watching your husband. And the way that you love your husband, the way that you respect your husband is very important. I know that I don't have this down like I should even. And a lot of us moms that are in the trenches with the little kids, it's a struggle for me and my husband to find time to go on a date. It's it's a struggle for us to want to stay up past nine o'clock at night because we're exhausted from the day and then putting them to bed and all the things. And so time together a lot of times gets put to the back burner. And so I'd really love as we close today to bring the focus back to keeping the family healthy is to keep your marriage healthy. Right. And so what would y'all say as some advice for me and for other moms out there that are listening that are in these early years? Well, as Denise mentioned, uh, Daryl and I did growing kids also. And the the biggest thing that we have and our kids still talk about it today, Grant even referenced it when he was in college, is uh, couch time. And so when they're little, it starts out about five or ten minutes that you and your husband sit on the couch and your kids come up and they say, not right now. This is mom and dad's time on the couch. And we just talk about our day. And so as that grows and as they get a little bit older, it becomes a date night. It becomes this. But I never knew that small little thing really made a difference in Grant and Taylor's life to see the mom and dad having that intimacy of just talking to each other on the couch. So something as simple as that. I think another thing, too, when your children see you pray together, yes, you spend that time uh, praying for your children, praying for your family, praying for your spouse. Uh, when they see you uh, studying the Word together, those things impact your children. You know, our children have a tendency to pick up traits and things that they see us do. They pick up the good and the bad. A lot of times they display more of our negative things right. than they do our positive things. But the positive things do impact them also. So make time to, and don't make it a, a show, but let them see you pray together. Let them see you studying the Word together. And let them hear you talk about the Lord together. Right. 
I think that's great advice. And I know one way you can even let them see you pray together is just pray at night with them, over them, both of you pray, you know, and they'll know that you are. And then you can also reference it. Um, I know our kids hear us talking about church and all kinds of things all the time. And I know that my husband's better at this than me, but he'll say, not right now. Mom and dad are talking about something or we're spending time together. You know, sometimes we'll eat a meal at the table and we'll let them watch a movie and eat a meal. We're big on family dinners, right. too. But sometimes Josh and I just That's right. have not had a second to be together or talk that day. And so if that needs to be the priority that's okay. Sometimes I feel guilty as a mom. I feel guilty if I'm pulled towards Josh. I feel guilty if I'm pulled towards my boys. I feel this constant tugging both ways. And just all these suggestions that Denise and Mary Ellen are giving us are just ways to help keep everything balanced. Mm -hmm. And so I've really been encouraged and challenged by that today. Do y'all have any more Um, material references or books that you read type things like that that you would like to share today? Uh, Daryl did the James Dobson Raising Boys, the boy talk, uh, and they did a trip. Uh, He would always take them on a trip their senior year, just them. And so um, that's a good CD. You just listen to it both together. It's really good. They probably even have it available on podcasts. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know. I'm sure. Check that out. Will also did um, the Maximum Man Conference, and um, he he one of the things he walked away with that he still has it's a little it's a little card, and he keeps this on his desk. And for f- this Father's Day, I'm actually having it framed. He's probably had this for close to thirty years. It's a little card, and it has a little sheep on it, and a shepherd, and it says a. F- a f- child loves his mother but lives for his father. Yeah. And so I think that that we will always see our sons love their mother and hopefully love them well, but a son will never stop living for his father. That's right. Wow, that's great advice. And I think that is a great way to wrap up our talk today on boys, raising boys today, specifically birth to 12 years old. And so be sure to join us back next week, like I said at the beginning today. We are going to be talking about the teenage years and the adult years into marriage as you raise your sons. A lot of that is unknown to me, and I have a lot of curiosity around that. So if you are a young mom and you have young boys, today was great stuff for where you're at right now. But this next talk, this next podcast next week might be great preparation for the future and ways that you can be preparing and praying for that. So thank you, Mary Ellen and Denise, for joining me today, sharing your wisdom with us today. All these references that they gave us, like the great books, conferences, all the things, they will be in the notes available on the blog post and interview for um, this particular podcast, Raising Boys into Godly Men. You can find that on faithful31moms.com. And also go check out faithful31moms.com for a great free download. It is an Old Testament scripture writing plan. I thought it'd be perfect to say for the summer as your kids are getting out of school. It's May. They can 
have a quiet time this summer. You can keep them reading and writing that way, but also keeping the focus on the Lord. It is a verse for every day that they can write, and um, you can even teach them how to look it up in the Bible and then um, read it to you and explain it to you. It's just one verse a day. It's very simple. I've started doing this with Jake. He's seven, and it's just a great thing for you to have for the summer. So go to faithful31moms.com to check that out. Thank you so much for joining us and have a blessed day. Looking for meaningful time with your family that doesn't involve technology? Looking for ways to worship God together? Consider the 10 Commandments for the Home Family Worship Kit from Faithful 31 Moms and Love Worth Finding. Your children will treasure the time you spend as a family as you study, pray, and do activities together that will ultimately strengthen your family's foundation for a God-centered home. Purchase your family worship kit today at Faithful31Moms.com. Faithful 31 Moms is produced in association with Love Worth Finding Ministries, built on the profound biblical teaching of Pastor Adrian Rogers. Please visit our website, Faithful31Moms.com, for all interview show notes. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Faithful31Moms. That's Faithful31Moms.com.